Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. God, I love that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and no Todd warrior. Roberts. And he ain't no lawyer. <laughs> Ain't no lawyers around here. No, 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 no lawyers. No lawyers. So wait a minute. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix you here, Todd, because I'm hearing an echo, and now it should be much better. I think. Much better. You ready for the announcement? I'm ready. There I'm ready. Go. All right. Well, our guest is Banjo the Blacksmith from Knott's Berry Farm. We're going to get to him in just a few moments. But first, Bunker has some uh, housekeeping to do. And that's all we know about him. He's banjo. Well, that's why we're talking Beginning, ending, and middle. That's why we're talking. Anyhow, these are some stuff coming up here. Uh, Third Thursday of every month, a uh, seventh generation and frequent guide for Presidio de Tucson history tours. Mario Trejo is making a party out of his history talks at the Tucson T-U-X-O-N Hotel this month. And it's every every month uh, on the third Thursday. This is local, folks. Uh, 930 South Freeway Road is real easy to find. Uh, coming up towards the end of the month is the Southwest American Indian Collectors Expo. It'll be February 23rd and 24th, located at 2830 South Thresher Avenue at the 2830 Ranch. That's original. There's a phone number, so if you want to get times and whatnot, 520-420-4332. Now, this is something for the ladies out there, because you can't say we don't think of real... Uh, but it's horsewomanship. Phone number, if you want to get in touch, is 520-314-0199 or www.horsewomanship.org. And if, ladies, if you ever wanted to know more about horses or horsemanship, uh, they have lessons. It's a great place to begin your journey into the wonderful world of horses, strengthen your mind, body, and get a clear mind and get connected to your spirit. Okay. Now it's got a we've got a new eatery here in town. I've got to check it out. Mm-hmm. It's called Basqueria. Mm. And the reason I got to check it out is because it's Basque. I got to get me some Basque food. I haven't had Basque food in years. And as Joe Dreyfus would tell you, it's some of the best cooking in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now moving on. Yeah, now Harry's Harry's wanting me to move on. Move on now. Move out of town. <laughs> I've got I've got a few dates here of importance. Uh, February 8, 1941, Nick Nolte, the actor, made his screen debut on Death Valley Day's episode, Jimmy Dayton's Bonanza. This fellow has won a Golden Globe, had three Oscar nominations, and won a Primetime Emmy. He did a, he did, he just noted for a gun smoke he did in 74. Uh, he, one of my, I think it's the modern day Western that stands out, Extreme Prejudice, about a Texas sheriff, and Crime on the Border. The second one here I got is uh, February 9, 1901, Brian Don And This is a guy mm. that we should sit up and salute, take mm-hmm. note of. Uh, at 14 years old, he lied and said he was, uh, at 16 years old, he lied and said he was, let me start over. Yeah, at Brian 14, Donlevy. <laughs> Brian Donlevy. At 14 years old, he lied and said he was 16, uh-huh. joined the Army, uh-huh. served with Pershing in, in Mexico uh-huh. in the Mexican-American War. A couple years later, he uh, upped and was in World War One. He was a pilot, trained with the Lafayette Escadrille. He was wounded twice as a fighter pilot. He has a ton of pictures, but three outstanding ones that we talk about a lot. Union Pacific, 1939. Destry Rides Again, the Virginian, again, 1939. Next fellow I want to celebrate, uh, born February 10, 1807, was Brigadier General Abner Clark Harding. He was in the Union Army from 1862 to 63. Uh, the House of Representatives member from Illinois, 4th Congressional Congressional District. I got to learn how to talk. The print is getting awfully close to the paper there. Isn't it, it is, and it's that was from '65 to '69. But the important thing is, is he distinguished himself very much at the Battle of Dover in 1863. Now the next feller, I worked with him. I had a lot of respect for him. 
February 11, 1939, Burt Reynolds. He was voted number one box office star five years in a row, 78 to 82. Uh, he directed 15 films, produced 12. Uh, his first Western was a TV uh, series called Pony Express in 1959. He did 50 episodes of Gunsmoke. Uh, I worked with him on The Man Who Loved Cat Dancing, and one of my favorite pictures, uh, 1976, Nickelodeon, about the early days of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. It's a hoot. If you've never seen it, you should. All right. Next, fella. So, yeah. I just wanted to interject that uh, I agree with all your choices about Ryan Dunleavy, but I have to say that his best performance by far, in my opinion, is Cowboy with Jack Lemmon and Glenn Ford. I almost oh, yeah. put that He's in there. He's so good. He, that's so the way good. he was in everything. Even he did a ton of TV. Uh, next fella, February 12th, Lauren Green. I won't go into a great detail. Harry's giving me the spin and finger, so I'll just <laughs> skip the stuff there. I will say 12 13, 1960. Well, Neil McDonald, a new guy on the scene. Actually, he's not that new, but really coming on. Had a couple of westerns out, and he's making westerns. All right. And then the last guy, Greg I have Bruce, to say Native that, Bunker, American. you should be. You should be grateful that it's not the middle finger. <laughs> well, actually, it was it and the, round, the one surrounding it. But that's it, folks. All right. That's all the dates you need to know and everything you don't even care about. Alrighty then. Let's get to Banjo the Blacksmith. Banjo, welcome to Voices of the West. And thanks for putting up with me, Banjo. <laughs> Howdy there. How are y'all doing? We're doing fine, sir. How about yourself? Uh, couldn't be better. All right, Todd Roberts. Nice sunny day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Todd Roberts, you're the man who found Banjo, so please do an introduction for us. Well, you know, uh, it's not hard to find Banjo because uh, I'm walking around uh, Nosbury Farm, which we know that, you know, I love to go there better for several reasons. Land. Well, uh, it's, it, there's a lot more beer available at Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, and I'm walking around uh, with Noah, and her daughter works there, so we get in free. And we get in free to uh, Disneyland because Nolan works there. But I'm walking around, and I keep hearing this clang, clang, clang. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, there's somebody working here. Uh, how unusual! So uh, I and I know and I know the blacksmith shop because uh, I I once uh, went there with a saddle tree that I have a saddle a wooden a wooden saddle horse and I had them brand it with every brand they had available branding iron they had available in the shop because I was decorating my my home with it. I put a saddle on it after they branded it all. and But I never really saw anybody really working. I saw always somebody standing around. But this clang, clang, clang is going on. And I come around the bend there, and there's this fella just smacking away. And he's all by himself. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy either uh, drank too much or had, wants a promotion. So, uh, you know, uh, he... We started talking, and I'm like, you know, who's the best guy to talk to? Uh, my associates and I have a have a show called Voices of the West, and he said, that would be me. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, okay, uh, confidence is not in short supply here. <laughs> so uh, we just kept talking, and it's only, it's only taken us, Banjo, not you, not you. It's only taken us almost two years to get you on the show. That's our fault. Uh, but you know, uh, thank God we didn't run you That's how popular we are. Yeah. And when I said to him, I said, you know, we need a little, we need a, we we need a little info on you, banjo, and we'd love to have a photograph of you for the posting of the show on social media. Mm -hmm. And he sends me a video that looks like John Ford made it yeah. of somebody in a really dark blacksmith shop pounding uh, iron. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're great. Yeah. It's, yeah, this, it's yeah, the right. Where all exactly. the sparks fly, it, right? Yeah, it's a great, yeah, it's yeah, a great yeah. video, no question about it. And I, and I, I put it into one of my editing programs and uh, got a still out of it, and that's what we used. And this is the funny thing, Harry. At the end of it, when the sparks were getting down a little low, he said, "The next one's where he hits his thumb and it's blood <laughs> spurting out everywhere." <laughs> because I've done that. <laughs> 
Banjo. So, you know, here we are with Banjo and how lucky we are to have him. I, to- I totally agree. Knott's Berry Farm is a great place. Talk about the history uh, of the uh, of the farm there, uh, would you, Banjo? Uh, the whole farm? Well, just, you know, we know. Starting with the day when he came over the hill and saw that Spartan said, that's where I want to build my farm. No, 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 no. Oh. You know, the troubles. How, how Walter not made the farm, yes? Yeah, the, just the troubles that was, uh, what was his name, Boysen? Had, had All right, Boysen, so, yeah. so sometime around in the 20s, uh, Walter Knott and his wife, Cordelia, uh, they set up shop. They get this farm. They're working on it. And uh, he is a berry farmer. He specifically works with berries. And one year, a terrible uh, frost happens. And this is Southern California. That almost never happens. Right. You know, when was the last time you saw frost Mm -hmm. in Southern California? Mm -hmm. You know, Orange County. That's like once every hundred years. So it's the Great Depression. A frost happens. His entire crop dies. And uh, they need to do something to make money. So Cordelia has this idea of, um, you know, cooking a very not not very well known Scottish recipe called fried. Uh, it's fried not chicken? not something that people here are eating a whole lot of. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to keep expanding. And they eventually turn the farmhouse into a little restaurant. It grows and grows and grows until on Sundays, you know, people, they need something to do, you know, for the five hours that they're waiting Sundays to get Mm -hmm. fried chicken dinners with their family. Right. So uh, Walter is a huge fan of Western movies. So he, you know, he sees about a mile away, there's another farm, and they've got this blacksmith shop that's not being used anymore. This is the 1930s, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, and the first thing that he does is he asks them, hey, can I have that? And they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so they take it apart, board by board, brick by brick, and they put it over uh, about 50 feet away from the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So people have something to look at. Okay. And the first person that they hire that is not you know a basically a cook or a waiter mm-hmm. is a blacksmith okay. so this shop is was the very first building that was put in the ghost town and every other building has grown the whole town of calico grew around this one blacksmith shop mm. so this theme park you know started from a chicken dinner restaurant then a blacksmith shop and then it just grew outward wow so how long have you been working uh, there Oh, man. So I started working there in 2004 as a monster for Not Scary Farm. So the very first thing I was doing there was hiding in a bush, waiting for people to walk by, Ooh, like and that. jumping out and shaking a can full of nickels. Nice. Just, right. <laughs> well, I, like I, Banjo, I've done that without a mask, but plenty of liquor. You still do it. I bet. <laughs> okay, so you've been there since 2004. When did you start blacksmithing? So I started blacksmithing around 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I my friend uh, said, "Hey, you know what? There's they're they're hiring train bandits right now." And we went and did the uh, bandit test. And we did the the audition. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't looking for bearded guys that year for some reason. They they had they were full. They mm-hmm. had met their bearded guy quota. They were actually looking to reintroduce female bandits and uh, and you know not bearded guys. Mm-hmm. So started as a they didn't pick bandit. me, but ah, what's that? now I know where my ex-wife ran off to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, the guy that is hiring for you know, for people, for townsfolk that like, quote unquote, live in the town and work in the town, mm-hmm. uh, he usually takes uh, whatever, you know, doesn't fit Bandit, but would be a good fit for there. So he uh, he picked me and my friend Max, and we started working there uh, year round. Hmm. So that around 2016, 2017, I think, is when I started working as a townsperson. And it was only about six months after that that a spot opened in the blacksmith shop, and I did my apprenticeship there. Wow. What? You, so you've always had an interest in pounding metals in, right? 
Actually, not really. Um, <laughs> but I had, was exposed to it early on because my dad has a machine shop. Okay. So from you know very young age, I've been working with with metal. He works mm-hmm. on uh, car parts, you know, rear ends, differentials, mm-hmm. axles, and I learned how to weld at a very very young age. Okay. All right. That is cool. And cool. use a lathe and a drill press, stuff like that. But everything that you do at this shop is done with pre eighteen eighty tools. So Correct. you we don't, are you don't, period blacksmiths. Yeah, period blacksmiths. So you don't have the the giant press machines like they have on forge on forged on, on fire with the buffers and, 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 and all of that yeah. other happy stuff that they have there. You, you, you do, know when you yeah you do it with it's, a couple it's all by of, hand. Yeah, that's the best way. A couple of pound, uh, well, many pound sledge, <laughs> and uh, some other sledges of many other pounds, and uh, mm-hmm. some great tongs, I imagine. <laughs> oh, let me ask you, because yep. uh, I'm thinking probably there's certain things that you don't cover there. You don't do any farrier work there, right? Say that again. You don't do any farrier work. Uh, farrier work. No, I am not a farrier, so I don't go near horses. Uh-huh. <laughs> I probably would get kicked because I have no idea what to do around them. Which is, which you know? is the front. <laughs> well, yeah, do you so, do? Do you so do? I'll any... make the shoes, but you got to get someone else to put yeah. them on. Do you do you do any wagon ride stuff? Any what? Wagon ride. You know, as a wheel right, uh, making wheels or repairing wheels. Oh, wheels. Yeah. Hmm. That's the old term. I could, right? but sorry. it's never come up. Hmm. Okay. So if if somebody wanted a metal rim, a wooden, mm-hmm. fairly common thing back mm-hmm. then right. to make your wheels stronger against yeah. rocks and yeah. stuff like that, I could easily do that. Okay. okay. That right. wouldn't be too hard for me. All right. We're gonna but t- nobody's, nobody's asked yet. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to take our first. I'm going to bring my wagon out there. Yeah, you sure are. You start now, and you'll get there by December. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> yeah. All right. You we're might gonna... lose a couple of people on the Oregon Trail along the way. <laughs> yeah. He's going through Donner Pass. <clears throat> all right. We're going to take our you might first. might lose someone to dysentery. Through. There you go. Harry makes all my maps. <laughs> I know. We're going to take our first commercial break. Banjo the Blacksmith is our guest here on Amo Friends. Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to Smith, uh, Bunker, <laughs> Bunker to France, Smith, Smith. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Todd Roberts, too. We'll be back. Land of cattle, <laughs> copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Boss, I wouldn't be so awful careless about this shooting and cattle wrestling. Was I you? 
You don't like it, eh? Well, I was only thinking. I'll do all the thinking. You and the rest do as you're told, and we'll get somewhere. Where? You got a six-gun where your brains ought to be. This is the Voices of the West. Francis, the voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. I wish you could see Harry. He, he I love like this him. stuff. He was in bliss, man. Now, who played the who played the anvil in that? Uh, I'm not sure about the anvil, but that's uh, Leon McCall Leon McAuliffe. Yeah. And uh, they call the Blacksmith Blues. Uh, banjo, I have this. Banjo, uh, the blacksmith is our guest. He works out at Knott's Berry Farm. I have this penchant for trying to find songs. Uh, related to the topic uh, of our guest, and I found a couple. <laughs> and also very, very humorous clips leading into it. Yeah, that's what I try and do. I, anyway. He does good. There we go. Uh, you, what, do you, what do you want to go with? Oh, okay. Well, let's see. Uh, basically, then, you're doing the, the form of blacksmithing. It's like ironwork, right? It's just like, like the old Mexican tradition, like they build grills for uh, Household utensils, mm-hmm. uh, iron grilling for windows, doors, things like that. Is that kind of like what what you're doing, or am I just off off base? Um. Well, so if you're talking about iron in a practical sense, you're probably talking about something like cast iron, right? So cast iron, and we're not going to be working with that. Oh, if no, you're a blacksmith, no. you're pretty much working with steel, yeah. right? Which is mostly iron, but it's got carbon mixed in there and that makes it less brittle makes it more flexible and durable so we uh if you're blacksmith you are working with steel uh though the name blacksmith actually tells you that because uh steel and iron are the black metal and smith it comes from the word smite which means to strike so if you're a blacksmith you are he who strikes the black metal if you're a whitesmith you work with the white metal which is tin and pewter Hmm. And you know what a goldsmith is. Yes. Well, you know, the reason I ask that, because, you know, out, down here along the border, the uh, me- Mexican ironwork, which is all steel work, or it's done mm-hmm. for doors and windows and stuff, because that's, it's part of the tradition, and it's just uh, a part of the Southwest decor, too. Yes. So basically, you're, you are there to make things and entertain the guests at Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, do you have a patter or anything that you uh, throw out there while you're pounding, or uh, are they just en- engrossed in what you are doing? Um, usually what happens is uh, a couple of things. Um, the primary thing that we offer that we'll, we put signs up for are these personalized horseshoes. So we make these horseshoes from scratch. You know, we just get a, a bar of steel, shave right. it into a horseshoe, and then we put people's names on it. Um, and usually while I'm doing that, that's when you start getting curious people coming up and asking mm. me, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. How, how does that work? You know, how long have you been here? And, and the conversation usually starts from there. Uh, most people, uh, you know, we don't really make money from selling those personalized horseshoes. That's just to give us something to do yeah. to get people to walk up right. to talk to us. That's our main job is that they want us to talk to people and mm. tell them. So, so what you're saying, uh, uh, so what you're saying, uh, uh, Banjo, is is that number one, you're a ambassador, but number two, you're trying to meet girls. (laughs) (laughs) 
Robert's, you Robert's, can do that pretty hey, easily there. Be Robert, careful. His wife might be listening. Roberts has uh, has the female <laughs> on his mind all the time. Booze and women. <laughs> well, let me ask you, uh, when you're making one of those horseshoes, how long does it take from start to finish? So I have these small ones that I make that take me about 15 minutes each, um, and I do those in a batch of three. So I can actually make it more efficient uh, with the fire by putting three pieces in at once, and I'll get, you know, while while two of them are heating up, I'm bending the third. Mm-hmm. And then I pull out one, put the old one in, and sw- switch them out, and I go in a little cycle. Uh, and then with the large ones, I can do two pretty well uh, without messing anything up. You know, if I felt like it, I could probably work up to three at a time, but... You know, people usually buy the small ones, so I don't need to make a lot of the big ones. It also depends on what size shoe the horse wears. Yeah, or a merchant or a, it, a pony. It, it, is, it, is it a wide? Is it a narrow? Ten and a half? Eleven D? Uh, well, you know, I actually, I have, I have yet to make a, a, whore, a, a shoe for a horse. They're, they've, so far, they've all been souvenirs. I know, Some I, people have asked me, you know, do you shoe the horses at knots? We've got... 56 horses, that, that would be way too many. Yeah. And it's, honestly, it's just cheaper and it's better for their sure. feet to buy I'm, the store-bought ones. I'm, I'm just funding. No, Harry, Harry, <laughs> okay. wants a, Harry wants a horseshoe with Cuban heels. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, a high-heel horseshoe. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I have to ask you, uh, from one of our many different conversations, uh, uh, Banjo, when I asked you, you know, well, do you guys make knives? Do you do this? Do you, you said, no, mainly I do battle axes. And I thought to myself, now this is the kind of fella you don't want to get upset when he's drunk. <laughs> really? So tell us about battle axes. Tell us about back pocket. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, not battle axes, but bearded axes are the ones that I work on. So uh, a bearded axe is, if you ever see, think of, picture in your mind, um, a barbarian, right? Mm-hmm. And the kind of axe that they'll have would be um, kind of a crescent uh, blade, but it's it's kind of being pinched, like it's got two fingers of steel uh, holding yeah. it in okay. place. Okay. Okay. So lose. that's a bearded axe. That's yeah. that's the kind that I make. Okay. Viking. Yes. 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 Let's go raid. Let's go raid England. How long does it take you to pound one of those out? Hmm. Honestly, it depends on how nice I want to make it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could I could probably pull one out in about a day. Mm. So if I had eight solid hours of work uh, and I had someone else to make the handle for me, because mm. I don't know how to make uh, I don't have any wood tools or anything like that. Oh, okay. So yeah. that was my... the handle I wouldn't be able to make. Yeah. The, the head, I could make that in about eight hours. That, that was oh, my next good. question about doing the handle. So, yeah. right. Well, we'll keep him off of forged and fire until he's ready to do handles. <laughs> have you watched? Well, I have a friend who does woodwork for me, so when I, so when I need a handle, I'll get there him to do it. Have you watched Forged in Fire? I avoid shows like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Reality shows, they, it's they just make me mad because uh, I I know how those contests work. They yeah. they do it just so that there's going to be drama. They make yeah, it so that course. they don't have quite enough time. Of they don't course, have quite enough of supplies. Yeah. So everybody just freaks out and stresses. Yeah, but you know, yeah, it, there's it's, no time to make a mistake. It's certainly interesting to watch various techniques go on with that. I mean, when <laughs> I I learned to blacksmith, it was totally different than what I see on Forged in Fire. Uh, of course, oh, we didn't have the presses yeah, he, or anything he's like right. that. right. That's not reality because yeah. a, a real knife maker would never try to no. build a, a knife in three hours. No, heavens no. No. Oh, yeah. Well, if you ever want to see uh, my master who taught me, Clay, he is on there, I believe, the first episode of season four. He specializes okay. in Bowie knives. Uh-huh. So, and on the show, he's there as Leland. So if you find Leland in Forge and the Fire making right. Bowie knives, he was the one who trained me. We have a special affinity for Bowie knives. Yeah, we did a show. With <laughs> yes, we did. Guy, an expert on yeah. Tell him about that, uh, Todd. So, Banjo, we had a good friend who just passed uh, July, September, by the name of mm-hmm. Joe Musto. Uh, he is the for- one, one of the foremost Bowie knives experts in the world. Uh, he's also one of the foremost Alamo experts in the world and one of the most foremost Jim Bowie experts in the world. And 
uh, Harry came out to visit me in Los Angeles, and I took him up there. And uh, I kept trying to prepare Harry <laughs> when I was going to take him into his house because the whole house from the front door in is a museum, and the second floor <laughs> was a museum. It was a complete museum. Oh, yeah. uh, and we walk in the house and we get in and, and we're just in the front area and we're looking around and Harry looks at me and he gives me that eye of holy shit <laughs> and, uh, and we just kept it just kept getting you know the old saying of uh, it just kept getting worse well it just kept getting bigger and bigger and oh, bigger and bigger and, and better <laughs> and, and better yeah and uh, he has a Bowie knife that is carbon dated to the 1830s that has the uh, on the on, on the guard at the end of the guard is kind of a raindrop you might all, uh, almost call it and on one hmm. side is a star stamped into it and on the other side are the initials JB now that doesn't have to be Jim Bowie it could be James Black the blacksmith who made Jim Bowie's knife so uh, most of this stuff now is being sold the real major important pieces are now at the Alamo Museum at, next door to the Alamo in San Antonio. Yeah. But he was just a joy to be around, knew more about knives than anybody I ever met. And I, I took a few blacksmiths out there over the years, and uh, hmm. they'd always come away and go, well, you didn't tell me he was that smart. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but he was just an interesting guy, very funny, a Marine, uh, had, 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 had no room for any, uh, shall I say, uh, uh, falsities or uh, mendacity in general. Nope. Uh, just a very I funny guy. I find the guy. Marines are often like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I once said, I took a friend over there once and he had a tremendous collection. I'll end it here. He had a tremendous collection of Waterloo, authentic items from Waterloo and the Napoleon campaign of Waterloo. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, there were some kepis, and Harry saw these and some swords from the Battle of Waterloo. And my friend looked up and said, Joe, are these real? And he looked up and said, of course they're real. What kind of an outfit do you think I'm running here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that uh, for many years after some of these battles, you could walk through those fields oh, yeah. and find bits and bobs all over the place. Certainly, yeah. yeah. That's still happening in the South after it, like Gettysburg. Yeah, so. you know, you can do that. It, I mean, if you, if you walk or look at, go to one of those battlefields that is hallowed ground, I would hope no one would take anything. Would leave it. Leave it. Just take a photograph of it, you know, because that's hallowed ground. But you know how people are. I know how people mm -hmm. are. It really sucks. But I don't know. You know. I think if it was something that is metal that is going to rust and decay, mm -hmm. I'd want to pull it out of the elements to preserve it. Oh, certainly. Yeah, but I'm all about that. All about that. Inner curator. Yeah. All right. We're going to take another break here, Banjo. Hang on the line. Our guest, Banjo right. the Blacksmith uh, from Knott's Berry Farm, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts on Voices of the West, Emil Franzis, that is. Vivek. Can you even imagine yeah. switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 
1911. That's 777 1911. Hi, my name is Roberta Shore, and I play Betsy on the Virginian, and like to invite you all to listen to Voices of the West. on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles, and Banjo the Blacksmith from Knott's Berry Farm is our guest, and I gotta play that uh, high chaparral theme there, otherwise de France walks off the set, That's and, right. uh, and then we're, we're <laughs> really boned for that. Have you Actually, ever wa- you never miss me, but that's yeah, well, right. <laughs> Did you ever watch the high chaparral banjo? Ah, uh, I have not seen that. Us just in I, this interview. Well, right no, now, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Not a problem. The, the mean, stuff that was on TV when I was a kid that was a little bit older would be things that you'd see on Nick at Night. Uh-huh. So, like, I Dream of Genie, Bewitched, and then MASH. Ooh. So I saw a lot of MASH as a kid. Well, MASH is good. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, Banjo, there's nothing wrong with watching too many I Dream of Genie. Really? Because <laughs> I was watching them live or when they were on television, and it definitely influenced me in most of the choices I made in life. He tried some to good, <laughs> some bad, his nose. some bad, most bad. <laughs> yeah, so you're I saying you're wishful, you're a wishful thinker, huh? <laughs> yes, I'm not only a wishful thinker. I kept every He's time we go drinker. into a, even to the well, yes, that's true. Uh, even to this day, Benjo, when I go into secondhand shops, I'm always looking for a genie bottle. <laughs> you're just looking for a bottle wherever Eden. you go. <laughs> Well, right. you know, don't forget that Aunt Michael and Sarah was uh, married to Barbara Eden, uh, and mm-hmm. most people would not think that that guy could get that girl, but yeah, well. it gives all of the rest of us who aren't that good-looking hope. Yeah, I've already good. got a great girlfriend, but <laughs> if you're a little bit uh, not so good-looking, it gives you hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. All right, Banjo, what's a typical day for you like at uh, the uh, the Forge there or the Smithy shop at uh, Knott's Yo, Berry Farm? Smithy. So we uh, we have two different shifts uh, there. There's the morning shifts and the night shifts. If you do mornings, then what you do is you arrive uh, before the park opens, before anybody else in Ghost Town. You're the the first arrival, and maintenance has already unlocked the the uh, front door of the shop for you. So you open it up, you get all the everything uh, open up the windows, you uh, get a whole bunch of newspaper, you ball it up. And you try desperately to light this horrible coal that we've got yeah. that it just does not want to light. When I first started, this is where I'm going to go on a, a rant because when we first started, we had this awesome bituminous coal, and then they got us this nasty stuff that uh, it just oh it doesn't oh, want to stay lit. Stuff? Yeah. Oh man, that's, that's it was, sad. it's a pre-cooked coke oh, that is rock hard, no, and it just can't. doesn't want to obey. No, you can't use right? that stuff. Man. You use a blowtorch. Yeah. Well, yeah. unfortunately, they bought 50 bags of it, and we're not getting <laughs> anything new until oh. we use the old stuff. So you fight that stuff until you can get it lit, and then you try to keep it lit until the next guy shows up. Then when you're the night shift, which is what I normally am, you try to keep the forge lit even though it wants to go out. Mm -hmm. Um, Every now and then you dig out some clinker. It's kind of this glassy substance that just absorbs heat and it ruins your Mm -hmm. fire. Put that aside. cooked out, yeah. Yeah, um, and then you just sweep up all of the scale and junk that gets on the ground, clean everything up, lock everything behind, and you head out. What kind of a, 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 a manual blower are you using to keep that forge going? I don't know about a brand name or anything like that, but it is a hand crank blower. Okay. So yeah. that is that is a pretty new piece of technology it around is. 1880. It is, yeah. So instead of having to have two men working a forge, mm-hmm. one who pumps with a bellows and mm-hmm. the other one who does metalwork, mm-hmm. now a blacksmith shop, you know, that is making rudimentary things uh, like horseshoes and latches and things like that can be operated by one man. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have, is the, the one-man smith shop. From cool. Do you have one arm bigger than the other from cranking the uh, <laughs> blower? <laughs> Among <laughs> other things, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was just going to ask you, what uh, 
Because I'm, I'm sure you probably get requests for custom things, at least from some of the people there at Knott's. What was probably your, one of your most difficult projects? Difficult projects? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, sometimes it's the simplest things that are the most difficult ah, if you've never yeah. made them before. Yeah. You know, so, so the most complicated thing I make is the very elaborate roses. They're very popular, especially around Valentine's. They sell like crazy. Um, people are constantly, it draws people's eye. And I actually had to go through about 20 versions before I figured out how to make it look realistic. Hmm. But that's something that I'm doing on my own time. I'm doing it slowly. And if, it, if I mess up, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just got an extra piece of junk I can give to my sister. And she loves those things, even when they're <laughs> ugly. Do you but make the it's when I get a weld person, them together or what? Oh, she just has them laying around the house and, you know, on the mantle in a, in a, you know, a little flower display, things like that. So when she loves artwork. So when you're making but, that, is it, uh, it has to be welded together. Are you doing a, for, uh, uh, a regular blacksmith type weld or are you using actually, actual no, weld? I don't have any welding on that at all. Oh, okay. So the way that I get the petals and the leaves and everything to, to stay on there is I, I basically create a rivet out of the stem. Uh, so you know where the pollen would be? Uh-huh. That's basically the end of the stem gets thinned out, and then it's a little rivet, and then I hammer it down before I do anything to the petals, and that's what holds it in place. Are you wow. using rebar or uh, what? Uh, we use a kind of uh, alloy steel called mild steel. So, so no, no 5160 a, or anything like that? You know, all the steel alloys have, um, they've got codes and names and stuff like that, like 1095 and whatever. But I I don't even know what it is. We just have called it mild steel. (laughs) Is it like a little? Everybody calls it mild steel, so it must be something specific. Okay. Is it like a softer steel? Oh, very soft. soft. Yeah, yeah. Very easy to work with. So everything that we've got there is either mild steel, spring steel, or we have a couple of pieces of 1095. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I just thought, you know, you could make a ninja movie and make a, a rose with, with razor-sharp petals. There you go. Yeah, new project. <laughs> you could probably use something, you know, use it for some kind of covert operation, I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, so, Buck, uh, so, Banjo, i got to ask you, have you ever seen The Iron Mistress with Alan Ladd? Oh, good movie. I have not. Oh, you'll love it. Sorry. So that's the story of... Jim Bowie getting his knife made by James Black and supposedly he brought him a piece of a meteor to have it melted down and put into the steel of the knife and uh, it's a as a kid I saw it and and I've always loved it and I still love it Uh, and you know of course you've got um, you know a great knife fighting scene uh, mm-hmm. And and Alan Ladd, uh, so you know, and he and there is a scene where he fights the knife fight at Sand Creek, you know, so which mm-hmm. is where Jim Bowie became a legend. So it's just always, you know, uh, on. It's one of those films you see as a kid and it never leaves you. And it was the great scene. You know, it's that. it's funny that okay. you mentioned the meteor because uh, adding a piece of meteor to a knife or a especially a sword is actually a fairly common trope in stories, legendary stories especially. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure the veracity of that, if you can actually put it in there, but um, it, it's something that occurs, it's like a cycle, it occurs in a lot of stories. You'd be surprised how often it comes up. Interesting. But I get that question too. You know, <laughs> Could you take a meteor and make it into X? You know, it sounds to me like maybe you, because I, I love them, but the sword and sorcery stories. You mm-hmm. read those? Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with him, yes. Okay. Conan. (laughs) Or King Arthur. Yeah, there you go. Do you have a forge at home, or do you do all of your uh, work, your other projects at Knott's Berry Farm when everything closes up? So I do all of my work 
pretty much at the uh, at the blacksmith shop at Knott's Berry Farm. Okay. But I do have a little secret weapon, and that is my dad's machine shop that I talked ah. about earlier. <laughs> so if I ever if I ever need to cheat and do something that's not from 1880, yeah, I go to my dad's shop. So there's been a couple of times where people have said. I want you to make this. I, I, I don't think I mentioned that I can do custom items if I have free time. Sometimes uh-huh. people say I want X, Y, or Z, and I'll go, um, I could probably finish that in a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we, it's it's always up to the Smith's discretion is what they sure. and what they do. But generally speaking, they don't want us taking more than a day yeah. for customers. Do but even- I've had it where somebody wants something to happen, and I'll say, I can do that. But I can't use, I know that I'm not skilled enough to do something from 1880. So I go to my dad's shop and then I'll just secretly <laughs> weld it in a spot where they can't see mm-hmm. it. I'll drill a hole through the whole thing, weld it on the inside, cover it up with more metal, grind it away so that it looks like it never happened. Yeah. So what my kind, dirty secret. <laughs> what, what kind of research did you do to uh, make sure that you're abiding by the 18, pre-1880 and before um, type of uh, construction on your pieces. Um, hmm. we have a couple of books inside the blacksmith shop, and uh, when we're not smithing, you can read them. You can sit down on a on a stool somewhere where people can see you. And I, I've gone through these books before, um, but for the most part, um, Knott's Berry Farm decides what we can and can't do by basically putting the tools in there to begin with mm-hmm. um, and have a head smith so there's always one smith who is our our de facto leader the full-time smith that's usually there during the daytime um, it was my former master clay but now it's a guy by the name of jackknife now jackknife you might have seen him he's the tall skinny one with the dark hair mm. he uh his specialty is scimitar. i think i've seen him i think i've seen him okay Big skinny guy. Yeah. So does he Jack fold Knight in the middle? So who's that? Does he fold in the middle, Jackknife? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he could if you so who's, bent hard enough. Who's the person on the Knott's Berry Farm website uh, that, uh, that they're showing in Ghost Town Blacksmith and doing a nice pound That's on the end? probably Rusty. Okay. Right. There's, there's two guys that um, tend to get all of the... Uh, uh, photography opportunities mm-hmm. because they're the ones that look the most like blacksmiths, and that's Rusty and Dusty. Well, question for you: uh, Throughout the history of the blacksmiths there at Knott's Berry, is there any of the blacksmiths that is ki- are kind of legendary to the other blacksmiths who you know, they talk about back then, or so and so? One thing that comes up a lot is you'll be looking through old photos and then you'll find out that a person who is a, a suit and tie manager somewhere in the offices that you see every now and then you'll see that there's a picture of them in a blacksmith outfit from the eighties and you'll go, wait a second, he was a Smith. And like, yep, that's how he started. There's no way. Really? So our current boss for uh, all the ghost town townspeople, uh, I found a picture of him and I was like, wait a second, miles, miles was a a Smith. And they're like, yep. What was he called? It was like, it was some, you know, it's like spur or something like that. He had, of course he had his own blacksmith name too. How cool. We're going to take our final commercial. If I I was going to say a legendary Uh Smith, um, I, other than all that stuff, I would say uh, Cora. So Cora was um, the, our one and only ladysmith when mm-hmm. I was there. And she was as wild west as you can picture <laughs> if you think of a lady. I and know, she I, was yeah. the most talented smith. And a lot of the techniques that I have, I secretly watched her and copied as much as, much yep. as I could. Cool. I, she was brilliant. I know a lot of ladies who are uh, most excellent blacksmiths. And good with knives. And good with knives, yes. We're going to take our last commercial break here. Banjo the Blacksmith, our guest here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. Streaming from the White Stallion. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Ev Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management where we manage money for gun owners. When people turn 50, something miraculous happens. They start to get serious about retirement planning. They've done very well so far and want to be certain they power into the retirement they've earned. Let me guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. I expect that army contract's going to make me $150,000. You mean us? Oh, here, Daggett. You're getting these rustled horses and you're getting a good price for them in foreign countries. Yeah, sure. But by the time I rebrand and smuggle them aboard ship, I've lost half of my profit. I'm not in this thing for my health, you know. This is the Voices of the West. Where'd you find that one? Harry Alexander, Bucket of France, Todd Roberts with you. Uh, that's good old Spike Jones, man. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> he's, the, he's the only, only band that had a blacksmith. That's right. The blacksmith song is what it's called, you know. <laughs> So we can't, we we cannot forget uh, when you mentioned Spike Jones that my good friend Shelley Volk, who you knew so oh, yeah, well, yeah, Henry, yeah, uh, he grew up next door to Spike oh, Jones's house, oh, and I Spike Jones's son was his buddy. Oh my! And crazy, one day, one, one day I, I go over to Shelley's house, and we used to sit in the back uh, in the pool house area and smoke cigars and. One day there was some clanging or noise going on. It's loud machines going on next door, and he said, uh, I, "I, I, I, this is not civilized. I, I can't, I can't sit here and drink scotch and smoke cigars under these type of conditions. We have to go next door. I, I this is unacceptable." And I'm like, "Shelly, drink a little more, and then you'll drown it out." Goes, then you just, you just shut up. Get up, get up. So we go walking next door over to Spike Jones' house. We walk down the driveway 
And there's there's Spike Jones's son watching these guys work with like chainsaws oh and grinders God. and all that. And they're working in the back. He goes, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Ah, <laughs> uh, we got some problems. I gotta feather this out." He goes. Well, why don't you come over to my house and we'll drink some scotch? There he goes, you, go. you know, that sounds like a lot better. Uh, yeah. I'd rather listen to you than listen to these grinders. <laughs> that is great. Banjo, what, what's the future hold for you, bud? What, what, do you, what do you hope to accomplish in your blacksmithing career? Hmm. One thing that I definitely want to do uh, before I am done blacksmithing, if that ever happens, is I want to make a large fountain mm. and I would like to open a exhibit for maybe a day or so or, or something. I've been thinking about asking Knotts if, if we can open up one of our uh, unused ghost town buildings and have like a little blacksmithing art exhibit for Ooh. a day or a weekend. Oh, cool. That's have a, a, a couple idea. of our really our nicest pieces put in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I right. definitely would like to make some kind of fountain. Right. Now, speaking of making, uh, we're always talking about coming up with a brand for the Voices of the West. Yeah. And if we can ever get one figured out, <laughs> can we send Todd down to you and get you to make us a brand? <laughs> Absolutely. There we you. just recently started taking orders again for brands. It was something that we did back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're so involved that we kind of, you know, we didn't want people to ask for them too much, but some of our newer Smiths are, are really into making them, so they're back on the menu. So if you, can, if you can draw up a design on a piece of paper, so the way that you want the brand to look after a brand you've branded something, make sure you draw it to scale as well. Right. Because mm. they're going to be laying out all the pieces of metal on top mm-hmm. of that drawing you make uh, before putting everything in place. How cool. Yeah. How cool. All right. Now the important question, Banjo. Uh, what yes. what might be your favorite Western movie? Or Westerns? My favorite or Western movie. Or just plain Westerns? TV or Western movies. Western. Oh, man. Or novels. Hold on, hold on a second. Let me... Let me <laughs> he's got to look it up. <laughs> he's, calling, he's calling his lifeline. <laughs> no, I'm asking my mom. We're in the... We're in, oh, the, we're we're in the, the, the car okay. together right now, driving from San Diego. Mom, mom, okay. I don't know. Yeah, there's so uh, many. Uh, I like a lot. Mom is allowed to answer. Yeah. Yes. Mom, yeah. Mom, what's mom's favorite Western? All right. What's your favorite Western? <laughs> she says high noon. Okay. Um, oh, I'm gonna say oh. I'm gonna say Django Unchained. All right. Okay. Or if you can if you can bend the rules just a little bit, then I'll say Kill Bill. Because there's quite a lot of westernness mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's, 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 it's got there an is. undertone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very, very, right. And, and, and by the way, it took a lot of blacksmithing to make that movie. That's right. Uh, uh, banjo. Mm-hmm. That oh, yeah. my sword. Absolutely. But just know, just let your mom know she's she's. Uh, we we love your mom. Yeah. She's all good. <laughs> she's all in, and she can come and have a drink with us anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, leave dad at home. <laughs> another another movie that took a lot of blacksmithing, by the way, is uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes, sure. yes. Oh, those, those guys yeah. worked their fingers to the bone yeah. making all that armor. Yep. Yeah. Took forever. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you, it's funny you mentioned it because it just made me realize, you know, you go back to some of the 30 Hollywood movies like The Crusades, you mm-hmm. know, where they, they mm-hmm. had to create all that That's armor. Right. Yep. And, and yep. the sword, you know, the weaponry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. most excellent and especially nowadays you know the with the, the fantasy stuff oh, yeah. they're coming yeah. up with some really wild designs for blades yeah things that you would not think actually existed and probably didn't exist well for the fantasy you know, stuff it yeah, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah exactly Mm-hmm. All right, Banjo, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate well, thank you so much for having oh, me. Oh, man, it was fun, man. Uh, totally fun. Love to hear about Pound and Metal. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just, I I can't do it enough anymore because disabilities and whatnot. So, but otherwise, man, I just love to watch it. So, yeah. uh, it, is, well, it is just so cool. Yeah, watch out if for you, your thumb. If you and end up care. having money to spend and you get an auto hammer, that can help you quite a bit. Well, for sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't yell at me. I don't think it'll fit in my apartment, though. <clears throat> All right. Banjo, the blacksmith, thank you so much for joining us here on Amol Francis Voices of the West. That'll be it. 78, 79, 80 smacks from that amble. Oh, and thank you so much. So long, folks. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 